0: Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Good morning, church. Come on. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing on this beautiful sunny morning? In Chilliwack and wherever you're watching today I hope it's it's just as sunny there as it is here would you mind standing with me for the Word of God this morning I'll be reading out of Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 it Says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum the people heard that he had come home someone say he's come home all right so many gathered that there was no room left not even outside the door that he pre- when he preached the word to them some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them since they could not get them to jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above jesus digging through it they lowered the mat of the paralyzed man when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins have been forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? That's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Amen. Immediately, Jesus knew in their spirit, knew with his spirit what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why? Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth for the forgiveness of sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. Then he got up, he took up his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they praise God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a miracle story. Come on. Can we give it up for God's word this morning? You may be seated on your way down. Why don't you um, compliment at least one good-looking person? Because there's so many of the good-looking people in the house right now. Well, this is uh, part four, uh, which we're coming to the end of our Miracle Stories series, but this isn't the end of the Miracle Stories, okay? I want to read one miracle to you that was actually posted on our website. Honey, would you mind passing it to me? I just want to read the Miracle Story here. Thank you. So this was submitted on our webpage and it reads this. A few years back, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I had to take medication and receive multiple MRIs and I had a lot of blood work done just to see if it was going to grow or if it was going to shrink. Through the years of living with it, from the passing, passing out to migraines and I, that I had to deal with, it was a struggle. With a year of coming to this church and all the prayer that I received from my friends and family back home, I felt I was getting better. I got a call from my doctor in May of 2022 that the tumor was gone. As if it was never there. I now no longer pass out as much and my migraines are minor and less frequent. God is so good. All cap, catalogs. Kelsey McCurdy, ladies and gentlemen. Kelsey McCurdy, she does our, our sound. She helps out with production. She's a part of this family. Can you give it up for, for the Lord? So I want to take a look at the, the scripture, which I just read to you. And it is a lot. There's a lot going on. On there, And if you brought your Bibles, would you just hold them up? If you brought your phones with you, the, the message notes should be available for you online too. But I want to go a little deeper and I want you to leave a little more hungry even than when you came in. I want you to want to, to go deeper in the word throughout the week and hopefully get into one of our connect groups. But I believe that the Lord has a word for you today, Jamie. I believe that the the, the, the word of God is going to speak through you today. John. I believe that you came expecting and anticipating for a miracle. Might be a little miracle. Might be a big miracle. But God has a purpose and he has a plan. And his plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. And his will is his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He taught his disciples how to pray. So you're here at the right time in the right place. And it might look like whatever season that you're in look like a mess, but I'm telling you, my Jesus works with messes and turns them into miracles. Sometimes the miracles themselves are messy, and you're going to see that. So let's start in uh, verse 4 here. Verse 4, it read this. Since they could not get to him... Or get him to Jesus sorry because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and digging through it lowering the mat the paralyzed man was lying on first point making room for a miracle in your home in this case they were making room for a miracle in someone else's home some some scholars believe that was even Jesus's home (laughs) in his house So where do we need to make a room, make room for a miracle in our own home? Is there room for a miracle in your home? I said this a, a few Sundays ago, but some of us, the Lord is saying, you need to make room. You need to get rid of some things you haven't been using and stop focusing on the things that you've been focusing on and just get rid of it so that he can come in and fill your house with other good, not just good things, but God things. Someone say we need to make room. Yeah. The truth is that the people that needed Jesus the most couldn't get to him. Although all eyes were on Jesus, picture this. Picture you're out there with your friend and you're carrying him. And what you would have seen was probably this. All eyes on Jesus, listening, hearing, waiting for a miracle to take place. But little did they know that the miracle was outside and couldn't get in. They all came in to see the miracle. But the miracle couldn't get in to get to Christ. You know, when I I read the scripture this morning to the men in the men's service at 7 a.m., it just stood out to me all of a sudden. It says that there was no room. Do you know when Jesus showed up, there was no room for that miracle in the inn either? They didn't even make room for Jesus. So he was born in a barn, in a manger. And here... In the Lord's house or whoever's house this was, it took someone else's faith to carry their friend and to go above and beyond, literally, to make room for a miracle. And and the thing is that sometimes we can get so caught up even in our gatherings and coming together, and it's not a lack of good intention, because I don't think that we realize sometimes that, there's, that, that, that we have great intention, but we don't realize the impact we're having on others. Are you with me? And that is why the Lord speaks to us in his word and through the Holy Spirit and convicts us in such a loving way to show us this. Just maybe I'm making it difficult for people that are coming to know the Lord. That's not my intent. And what are we willing to do, ladies and gentlemen, How far are we willing to go to carry the people that need to get to Christ to make sure that they can get to Christ, even if it's messy, even if it's thinking outside the box? You see, the bigger, the vision here that we have as a church is to reach every available person by every available means necessary with the gospel. Sometimes that means doing something different that we've never done before, because we're hoping for a result that we've never gotten before. To see something we've never seen before. Behold, can you not see it? He is doing a new thing. He's making a way. Jesus said, you know, in Luke 19, 9 to 10, when when he reached out to a a short little man named Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, was a wee little man, a wee little man, you see. Climbed up a sycamore tree to see what he could see. No one knows the song? Anyway, there was this man named Zacchaeus, and he would have been like the Al Capone of that time, you know, like, He's getting, oh, no, for real, look it up. He was right out gangster, biblical times, you know, and he was doing things not the God way, and he was getting money, and he's, and he's doing all these things, and Jesus goes after him. And even the very fact that Jesus would go to Zacchaeus and say, Zacchaeus, come down from here because we're going to your house. I'm going to eat with you. A lot of people nowadays would be like, "Do you realize who this person's hanging out with? There's there's a lot of us that probably wouldn't want to be caught dead or have our picture taken, but here's Jesus stops dead in his tracks with a big crowd and he calls down Zacchaeus and he says, let's go to your house. Let's go hang out at your house. I love that about Jesus. Jesus will go beyond the crowd to get to you. He sees you when no one else sees you. You know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give others is the ability to know that they are seen. How many times do we walk past people, even in our week, even in our day, and we don't think twice to make eye contact, smile at them, affirm who they are in Christ, take a moment as they're serving us coffee, just to get to know them? Because Christ sees them and Christ's in you. But he sees you. And we need to reflect that. We need to walk slow through the crowd. We need to realize there are miracle stories all around us right now, and miracles are in motion. It's whether or not you get to be a part of it. So Jesus says, he said in Luke 19, to 10, when he reached out to Zacchaeus, he says this, he says, today salvation has come to this house. Woo! You know, Zacchaeus is so convicted by Christ and Jesus coming to his house. Through that, he's like, I'm going to make right everything that I need to make right. I'm going to pay back everybody that I stole from, that I took from. And if if there's more that I have to give, then Lord, I'll give it all. (laughs) And Jesus says in verse 10, he says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he says in that statement. About Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to this house. I have come to seek and save the lost. And the conviction that I have for us is that we can't get so caught up in everything that that we have our backs turned to people who need it the most. Because if we have our backs turned to them, how will they get their breakthrough? I love this guy's friends, you know. The scripture says they made an opening in the roof. Let's make a way, guys. That's some serious faith right there. This is when it starts to get messy, right? Whether it's Jesus' house or somebody else's house, they're going to make a mess. A perfectly good roof, they're going to put a hole in it. They knew there's going to be a cost to it. They knew it's it's probably going to create commotion, but they knew more than ever that they were willing to do whatever it takes to carry their friend to Christ. I'll do whatever it takes. (laughs) What lengths are you willing to go just to be a part of someone else's miracle story? What barriers will you remove so that others can be blessed? Culturally, culturally, in the church my wife's taking a lot of notes right now <laughs> thank you <laughs> culturally in the church it might mean something as ha- as simple as having our doors open it might be the willingness to be ready for people that you didn't even invite to come in it might be the invitation of you inviting someone to get to Christ. You know, here's the thing the Lord has told me. Sometimes we want to fix everything. We want to fix the problem, right? We want to s- fix the situation. And the Lord says, you don't have to fix them. That's my job. All you got to do is get them to me. Just invite them to church. Just invite them in. You don't have to explain everything. So it's just, that, You know what Jesus said to others? Come and follow me. An invitation to come in. When you've been invited or if you've invited somebody, you're ready for them, are you not? Your back isn't going to be turned to them when they show up on Sunday. You know they're coming. And so what do we need to do if we know that people are coming today and it'll be their first experience? We need to be ready for them. We need to be ready to greet them. We need to be ready to introduce them to other people because, right, we're not here just to do church, and we don't want to just be a friendly church. Bless you, Brother Darcy. No, we want to be a church that makes friends. There's a difference. People can tell when you're being authentic and when you're not. And ultimately, we don't want to be a church that just makes friends. We want to be a family. How many of you know Family is messy. <laughs> so we should, we should expect church to be messy. Making room for a miracle means that we get ready to receive that miracle and welcome that miracle home. So what does that look like? What has the Lord been saying to you recently to make your home ready, to make this home ready, did you come up? Did you show up today expecting a miracle to take place in the house of the Lord? Show of hands. I did. Because we've seen it again and again and again, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. We saw a real cool miracle story. Rick and I were on the patio and we're meeting on the patio on Thursday, was it? And um, this, this lovely lady walks by, and in the middle of our conversation, she stops right at the gates outside on the patio of the church and she says, I can't walk. Anymore? Do you mind if I come in and just sit down? (laughs) Absolutely. Come on in. Rick and I were just finishing our meeting, and I whispered in Rick's ears. I said, could you go get get her a coffee or a tea? Because I knew a miracle was about to take place. Well, let's just fast forward a bit. I see Rick over there. I'm having a conversation there. Before you know it, he's praying over her. She's standing to her feet. She's weeping. She's crying. She's got a Bible in her hand. And then she's about to leave, and we walk over, introduce myself, tell her about Jesus. Of course, she's been told a lot about Jesus. And I asked, Could we pray for you before you go? And she said, Yes. And we laid hands on her and we prayed for her. No word of a lie. She walked out of there like this Oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> come on, come on. That's a miracle story. She came in, she couldn't walk anymore. She came out praising the Lord like this. You just got to make room. And it's not going to come when you think it's going to come. And it's going to interfere with your plans. It's going to be messy sometimes, right, Rick? You're like, but Lord, I got this schedule. He says, well, thank God your ways aren't my ways. (laughs) Or your thoughts, my thoughts, because they're higher, says the Lord. And I want to bless you right now. If you would just be open to receive her, receive him. Just let him in. Just let him. Bring him to me. I got this. Last week, Jesus said to the father that struggled with his unbelief. Jesus said to all the crowd that was debating amongst themselves why the boy couldn't be delivered and healed. Jesus said, bring the boy to me. Just bring him in. Bring him to Christ. And we've all been or are going through seasons when we need others to carry us to Christ. We might not be physically paralyzed, but we just feel like we can't walk any further. That we got to stop here and we need someone to remind us and carry us to our calling. Jesus, Jesus, it's always been Jesus. His yoke is light. He doesn't cast a heavy burden on us. Cast your cares upon me. Just carry them to Christ. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 6 and 7. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's actually the second point. Who can forgive sins? but God alone. You know, the greatest miracle story of all is the forgiveness of sins, is it not? It's the greatest weight there is. The wages of sin is death. The burdens you know it that you carry at times that weren't yours to carry that cause sickness, disease, anxiety, fear, doubt. 90% of heart disease is related to stress and anxiety. The Lord says to be anxious about nothing. Paul actually said in the church, in, in, in the Philippian church, he said, "Be anxious about nothing," and said, "Pray about everything." Philippians four six to nine. He says, he says, let God know what you need, but the, the key is thankfulness. He's, and he says, whatever is loving, godly, true, noble, meditate on these things. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The weight, the weight of depression, the weight of fear, the weight of not feeling like you'll measure up or ever measure up. Cast your cares on him, for he loves you. For God is love. And perfect love drives out all fear. Amy, I see you. All, oh, he loves you. He loves you so much, girl. Greatest miracle story of all forgiveness of sins. The religious leaders, you could tell, they were offended. They didn't understand. How relationship with this man Jesus could possibly trump their religion well they knew what was there to be known of the Bible in the Torah see they didn't have the whole Bible like we have now but they would have had the first five books of the Bible they would have known of the prophecies about a man named Jesus born of a virgin named Mary they would have known of these things but They were so caught up in their ways and, again, in their method that they were missing the miracle right in front of them. And not just the miracle, the miracle maker. They would have studied the laws, and then their job was to protect the law, fulfill the law. Yet Jesus himself (laughs) came to fulfill the law. They were stuck in their old ways of doing things and they missed the prophecies. Most importantly, they missed the person who is Jesus. Their statement, who can forgive sins, but God alone was in fact the fulfillment of the law, made evident that very day through Jesus. It was evident that Jesus that day was the Messiah. If their hearts hadn't been hardened they would have seen more than a healing that day. They wouldn't have just seen the physical, they would have seen the spiritual. It's all spiritual, isn't it? It's all connected. The Lord wants, he cares about both the physical and he cares about your soul. Who needs Jesus? I do. Everyone needs Jesus. Say everyone good preaching for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans three twenty-one to 24 of the message I'm going to paraphrase will probably show up on the screen behind me it tells us that something new has been added that Jesus set things right for us through the forgiveness of sins that we were utterly incapable of living the glorious lives that God wills for us. So God did it for us. He got us out of this mess that we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. You see, because relationships, restored what religion couldn't. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His one and only Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin in the flesh. He who was without sin became our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, But if we confess our sins that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all, say all, all unrighteousness. You see, our confession to Christ becomes our cure. When we come before Him just as we are, whatever is holding us back, whatever is weighing us down, sin is sin in God's eyes. And because of the sacrifice that He gave, that God the Father gave His one and only Son, that Jesus say, I lay down my life willfully for you. And He took it to the cross. He said it's finished. And when He said it was finished, it was finished. You know, the earth shook. If you read your Bibles, it says the earth shook. There was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies in the temple that only the high priest could go through. That curtain in that moment tore from top to bottom. It says holy people came out of their graves. Yeah, woo. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) In that moment, and three days later when Jesus revealed himself, not even death could hold him down. He walked this earth for 40 days, 40 more days revealing himself to others that witnessed it, recorded it throughout history. Eyewitnesses. They watched him ascend to heaven and, and because of what Christ did for us on the cross, now we can go to Jesus who is our high priest, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can be set free. The greatest and will always be the biggest and greatest miracle story of all time. Salvation. Verse 10. There it is. Someone else can read it here pretty soon. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Go home. Can you imagine getting carried in to the house and getting to walk home to your kids, to your family, carrying the very mat that held you down the evidence Jesus said go home go home child tell your kids tell your wife salvation has come to this house who has authority Jesus it's the name his name is the name above every other name Every principality, every knee must bow. You know, if we, don't, if we don't cry out, it says even the rocks will cry out his name. Go home. Jesus tells this man, take up your mat. He could have said, stick around, reveal yourself to everybody. Let's have a party. He says, no, take up your mat and go home. I'll deal with the religion. (laughs) I'll deal with, I'll I'll clean up the mess here. You go home. Isn't that how Jesus meets us? It doesn't seem fair, does it? We come to him with all of our garbage. We lay it all out at the cross and we say, Lord, I want to trade this in. I want to trade in the trash for truth. Would you trade in your trash for truth today? It's not a fair trade, I get it, (laughs) but it's in our benefit. And it's to his glory, it's his will. That you would trade in your trash for his truth. That you would divorce the stories that you've been telling yourself, the lies that you've been believing, and you would marry the truth about who God says you are. That he wants you healed, he wants you whole. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually if you just come to him. Jesus gave that man the next step. Go home. The last point I want to take is is that you take your miracle story home. That you realize that although salvation has come to the house, that everything flows out of the house. Your family needs to see you. They need to hear you. They need to spend time with you. They need to hear of of not just the miracles, but also about the mess. Because Jesus said, in this world you will have storms, but take heart for I have overcome the world. The reality is you can't have victory without a battle. But victory belongs to the Lord. And even though when you're going through some of the darkest of valleys, you can fear no evil for He is with you. Our kids, our family, they need to hear our story again about salvation. Maybe today will be your day, whether you're bringing home that story for the first time or you're reminding them of what the Lord has done and continues to do through your life. But it's time to take that story home. It's time to welcome home that miracle. Romans 10, 14 to 15 How then, though, can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone telling them? And how can anyone tell them or or preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Our takeaway today is simply this. Welcome home, miracle. Welcome home. I want to share a story with you, a short one. But you know there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you may never hear or never know, the pain and suffering that people go through. But not that long ago, there was a gentleman that came to this church I didn't know the behind the scenes. I didn't know the behind the story until later. But he showed up in an evening service and he sat right up there. Immediately, I was drawn to him and I liked this guy because he was head to toe covered in tattoos. i like, there's a guy I want to get to know. There's a guy with a story. And then towards the end of the service, we did an opportunity to receive Jesus. To invite the, the miracle into our hearts and he rededicated his life to the Lord and then we gave an opportunity for baptism which we do every time we gather and he came forward to be baptized powerful that in itself was powerful but before I baptized him he started to share his story a little bit with me you see there was a time in his life where he was suicidal When he had given up on life he'd given up all hope he'd actually jumped out of a three-story window And when he hit the ground, his legs exploded. Literally, the doctor said, you'll never walk again. He told him you'll never walk again. And through the power of people praying for him, he walked into this church that night. That in itself was a miracle. And on this journey with Jesus, he was still growing and and he felt the conviction to be baptized. And he told me, he said, I went to several different churches and I asked if I could come in and be baptized. I said, well, it will sign you up for a program and then, and then once you do the class, then, then we'll talk. And he says, but I don't have time. You understand, I'm, I'm moving into this next chapter of my life and I'm going east. And it's important to me that I get baptized now. And then the first church said no and the second church said no. And then he went to one of his friends and his friend said, I know of a church. I know of a church where you'll get baptized. And he came that day, and he got baptized in this house. I have a picture. It's a beautiful picture. There's our friend. You know, it wasn't orchestrated. The only one that orchestrated it was God. But because somebody invited him in, and because there was a place and a home that he could come in, that he could receive Jesus, that he could be baptized, that this new family that just adopted him in like this, no one here in this picture knew him. At the end of the service, they all just got around him and we prayed a blessing over him because the Lord was sending him out into the new chapter and season of his life. Isn't that a beautiful picture? A, A story how God, he cares, yes, about the physical side, cares about your emotional side, and he cares about your spiritual side. This is when I say, welcome home, miracle. I say to you, welcome home. Would you stand to your feet? Somebody's miracle story is about to grow right now you came here today and you didn't even know what you were coming into maybe somebody cool or good looking invited you to come here god will use anyone maybe somebody bribed you with starbucks or maybe maybe the honest truth is things are not going good in your life for most people they aren't when they come in and you're really hoping to find answers well today i'm going to give you the answer his name is jesus it's not about religion it's about a relationship And he'll meet you right here, right now, where you're at. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But we do know today is the day the Lord has made. And we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Today is when salvation comes to this house. Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. So I want to take a moment to do just that. I'm going to ask that the team just dim the lights right now out of respect for everybody in the house. And whether you're coming to him for the first time, inviting him in, or you're coming back to him, I ask that you pray this prayer with your whole heart. Again, if you prayed this prayer, would you just pray it again with me, with your brother or your sister, that will be praying it for the first time or coming home repeat after me, say dear Jesus, I confess, I confess that I've messed up, that I've sinned and that I've gotten in the way. Would you forgive me? I believe. I believe that you came to this earth and that you died on the cross for my sins. and I believe, that you rose from the grave three days later. I'm inviting you in. I'm turning from my way and I'm turning to you. Come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. In Jesus name, amen. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed, stay in the moment. I can feel that there's miracles taking place in the house right now. If you can feel what I feel right now, if you just feel a peace that's on you right now, that's Jesus, by the way. That's his presence. If you could just feel the peace all eyes are closed heads are bowed just put your hand up you feel what I'm feeling right now you feel that yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm feeling but if you feel peace right now put your hand up right now you feel a peace over you some of you are still struggling on the inside it's almost like an internal bowel right now it's been going on since you got here your heart is beating so hard and you want more than ever to receive healing in your life for some of you it is physical you want to walk again You should want that. For some of you, it's been a mental battle. You're tired of of taking all that medication. You're tired of, of the thoughts that have been coming into your head. You're tired of the depression and this weariness. You want to be able to get up in the morning and be thankful and there's just some heavy weight that's been on you. I'm going to speak and pray against that now. Lord Jesus, if not if I know you're here, would you just touch my brother? Touch my sister right now. I I pray that you would just anywhere close to them right now, would you just move through their body? Lord, just I call into alignment. Spines. Call into an alignment. Breathing. I call into alignment, body be whole, fully restored. If that's you, eyes are closed still, just reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. If you know, or if you've been, maybe you've been carrying somebody else and you've been carrying them and you've been looking for a miracle and you know they need a miracle right now, reach out your hand. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that that first prayer which we prayed and you invited Jesus into your heart or you came back to him today, would you just make a thumb for me? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're gonna continue to respect what the Lord is doing here. If you came with somebody that you know could use a prayer, you can just lay hands on them as we worship. You can you have permission to pray. Actually, you don't need permission, you just just pray for them. If you don't know what to pray, just start thanking Jesus. It works for it works for me. God knows. It says he knows even before we say it. You might not you don't even need to know all the details. You can just thank God that they're healing your friend, your sister, your brother, whoever you came with right now. And as we worship God, watch as healing comes into this house. We're also going to open up uh, the baptism tank, which is on the stage here, as I mentioned before. We come together, we, we do baptism. What is that? You talked about that. Well, Jesus himself was baptized, and he commissioned us to do the same thing as, as followers of Jesus, as disciples. Part of the process is baptism. For when we go into the water, it says that we are buried with Christ. We're baptized with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave. And when we come up out of the water, we are, we are resurrected with Christ. Knew you. And sin no longer has authority on you anymore. Will you struggle with sin? Oh, yeah, you will. But it no longer has authority over you, just like what God's own people, the Israelites, passed through. Come on, some of you, you've been avoiding that river. You've been avoiding it. You try to walk around it. You've even been yelling at God and say, Why did you bring me to this place? And He's saying, Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands, it's time to go through it. And just like the Israelites when they went through the water and Pharaoh's army and that authority that used to have authority on them tried to chase after them, when we cross through, when you cross through, the Lord told Moses to lay down his hands and that water washed away Pharaoh and his army. Egypt still existed, but it no longer had authority over them. No longer will it have authority over you. In the name of Jesus, we will be honored to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit today if you would just take a step forward. Let's continue to worship God now. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry.